everybody. It is Tuesday, July 16th, and we are back for yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, today we're doing something a little bit different. We have a guest with us today. Um, usually it is Michael Miller and Pastor Daniel Yelverton and myself. Um, today Michael is joining us, but we also have a friend of ours, uh, Mark Watson, is here today to join us. Say, say hi to everybody if you Hello, would like to hear everyone. Voice. Do it again. I talked over you. Hello, everyone. There we go. Um, so Mark is a friend of ours. He's actually a member of our worship team, um, a really great drummer and a uh, really great dude. And so we needed a guest for this week, and um, I figured we'd reach out to him and see if he was available, and luckily he was. So thank you very much for being here today, Mark. You're welcome. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> so can you real quick, um, and I know that this can be awkward, so I love doing it to you, okay. but um, <laughs> can nice. you just real quick give people a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a little bit of an introduction to who you are, kind of something about you or something like that, just just to get some familiarity there? Um. Well, of course, I live in Blanchester. Um, I have my lovely wife, Erin, uh, four grandkids, uh, and a daughter, of course. <laughs> I was and, like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. How do you have grandkids if you don't have a kid? <laughs> yes. I have one daughter, Taylor. Yeah. Um, and I've been playing drums for about 13, 14 years. Yeah. Um, took a break. But, um, yeah, very happy to be here at, uh, at Elevation now. Yeah. Uh, being a part of the worship team. Really excited. Yeah. For the future. Good. Yeah, we were talking earlier about click tracks. He's Oh yeah. He he likes the click track and I can't stand <laughs> click tracks. Yeah, so hard. I have to have a click track. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of you might not know, Michael is a drummer as well. Um so in a click track, in case you don't know, it's just Thank you, literally <laughs> a click that while you're playing music, it plays in your ear. So yeah, if you see was... people wearing in ear monitors or headphones while they're on stage, it's because there's probably a click track playing, but you're also hearing playback and you're hearing um, uh, instructions from people that isn't going out through the, the main speakers so that the band can kind of communicate to each other. So the click track is literally just the tempo of the song and you can choose the sound. It's usually like a wood block or something, but right. it's just like in your ear. So you guys don't know this. You're just hearing the band. Right. When we're up there leading worship, in our ears, we're hearing. And, and did you know who created it? No, Satan. No. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, I almost said God because God created everything. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, um, Mark, we are happy to have you both on the podcast today and uh, with us at the church here and on the worship team. Thank you. Um, just real quick, I know you talked about you took a break for a while. Mm-hmm. Man, if you're out there listening and you've been playing forever and you're feeling burnt out, do not feel bad to take a break. No, you have to. If not, you will get. I, I just read the other day where a, a, a drum well Neil Peart the drummer for Rush yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he just completely quit playing yeah I mean and to me he is the best drummer that that's just my opinion yeah. I know people's gonna be like he's pretty good yeah he's pretty good <laughs> there's no disputing that. he's in no. every drummer's top five so yes yeah. I sure, think I believe sure. so yeah but you know he he just completely stopped playing so if I mean if you want if you need to take a break don't feel bad yeah and think well why do I not want to play. Because it happens. Yeah. It, you get burnt out. Yep. I know it. And and I'll say, too, I took the reason I brought it back up is because I ended up taking a break. Um, a lot of you guys know that I lived in Nashville for almost 10 years and was a professional musician, really close to a record deal for a long time. 
And when you're that close to a record deal for a long time, you just push and push and push because you're yeah. so close. Right. You're afraid that if you if you back off, you're going to lose that opportunity. That one opportunity you've been waiting for, yeah. you back off and the next day it's going to happen and you're not there to take it. Right. So I pushed and pushed and pushed and I just burnt myself out yeah. to where I finally said, okay, I got to stop for a while. And I didn't play music out in public. I didn't hardly pick up my guitar or write or anything for like two years. And... Um, you know, that was a huge thing for me because I'd played music every day of my life since I was in high school. Right. And it was one of the best things that I ever did because, and I will recommend this to anybody, if you take a break, if you're feeling burnout coming mm-hmm. and you take a break, first of all, don't beat yourself up for it. But second, take a break until you start to like get that itch. Like right. I need to play music because that's what I did and it, it was amazing for me. It really, it just changed my perspective but it turned everything around mm-hmm. and it reignited my fire for playing music and for performing. Um, and nice. then something amazing happened in my life to where God just shifted me out of contemporary country music into worship music. Right. And um, that obviously changed my per- perspective and changed my entire life mm-hmm. um, and, and took me to where I was always supposed to be and didn't know it yet. But um, yeah, if you need to take a break, if you're even contemplating it, do it. It's one of the healthiest and best things that you can do. Don't feel like you're letting anybody down. Right. Don't feel like you're letting God down even. Do what you're what you're being told that you need to do. So anyway, I thought that was a great opportunity when you brought that yeah. up. To, yeah, because to, if you don't take a break, you're really letting yourself down. You are. Because if you're burnt out and you're just pushing yourself through yeah. it anyway, you're just going through the motions. Yeah. You're not feeling it. You're not experiencing it. You're probably not worshiping through it. No. So, um, yeah, do not feel bad. So anyway, sorry guys, I know that no, we, this good. is not a, uh, a worship podcast today, but <laughs> that's what we do, right? Uh, Mark and I, So, um, and Michael, I guess too, when you play drums some. Yeah. Um, so anyway, today's chapter, back to the podcast, today's chapter <laughs> is 1 Timothy 2. Um, as we have moved into the book of Timothy, um, and this is our chapter of the day. So um, do you guys want to do any setup, any oh, context? Yeah. I listened to... The Bible Project again this week, man. For being such a short letter, they they did like a ten or fifteen minute Bible project unpacking everything well, in and this. This one needs it, yeah. Because so I mean, we have to look at what's going on in this one because there are some one liners here, and we'll see some of them in this chapter that that people argue about. They're dangerous, you know, and, and it's and it's it's a difficult chapter. And it's a difficult book. So when when we see these difficult verses and difficult chapters, we absolutely have to look at what's going on. So in Ephesus, first off, that's that's where Timothy's being sent to. He's being sent to Ephesus. Paul is getting these reports that not everything's great in Ephesus, right? So he's going to send Timothy out to Ephesus to kind of tackle some of these issues. So this letter kind of helps, you know, set the stage for Timothy, say, hey, Dude, this is what's going on. Here's some advice I have for you, you know, to work on this. So that's one thing we have to, to keep in mind. There's more to the story. There, there are problems. Another thing is um, people have argued about whether this is, you know, like legit, whether Paul actually wrote this. And, mm. they, and they'll cite things like, well, the language is different. They'll say things like, well, I mean, the, the style is different from normal, you know, stuff that Paul writes. But... <laughs> Imagine if, say, the text messages that you send your buddies right. got published mm. compared to like an academic paper <laughs> that you wrote. Yeah. They might look a little bit different, yeah. right? Right. The, you know, like me, like you're going to find a lot more humor in the text messages between me and, and Daniel and Brent 
then then you're going to find like a, a paper that I would write for school, you yeah, know. Yeah. So so the styles are going to be different. I'm so, glad you're touching on that too because I was actually going to go there. Yeah, that, I think that's important, you know, and that, and that's something I've studied because I've questioned those things. You know, when you go to school, you question stuff like that. You're like, you get introduced to new topics, and you're like, what? I never heard this before. Yeah. So yeah, that that's important. I th- I, I think this is pretty legit. I think this is no joke, Paul. Yeah, because um, Timothy was. His, I touched on this on the last podcast, but Timothy was Paul's spiritual son. Yeah. He had been taken under Paul's wing from the time that he was young and had been um, discipled by Paul for a long time before Paul started sending him out to places. So once again, just like um, what was last week? What book were we in last week? I can't remember what it was. Uh, Thessalonians. Was Thessalonians, one. yes. First, first Thessalonians? I think it was First Thessalonians. So being in that, and there was, you know, there was concern from Paul about checking in with the Thessalonians to find out how everybody was and what was going on. And it wasn't like some random dude that he sent to just go check on them and report right, back. Right. Because he cared so much about them, he sent Timothy, someone that he's very close, has an intimate friendship and, and kind of father-son kind of relationship with. And now there's issues in this church um, that we're in now in this book, and he's sending Timothy yet again. And isn't it cool that we get this different perspective because we get yeah. these these books that we see Paul writing directly to these churches. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen a, a, a letter to Ephesus, you yeah. know, in Ephesians, mm-hmm. but here we get to see the other side of him instructing a pastor, a, a son, a friend. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of cool. But another another thing I, that we have to talk talk about quickly um, with our our context here, there are a, a diverse. <laughs> audience that <laughs> yes. that Tim that Timothy's going to talk to. Yeah. There are rich people, there are poor people. There are there are Jews, there are Gentiles. You know, so I mean there are different types. And one of the things that is a problem here is that that some of the folks that were rich were kind of high and mighty, mm-hmm. right? Specifically some of the women. Yeah. Some of the women that were members of the church at Ephesus they had what we call some problems, <laughs> and so and we'll and we'll see some of that here in this chapter. Yeah, we'll unpack that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, that's a pretty good setup. I think that kind of fills you guys in on everything you need to know before we get into today's reading from the Dwell app. So we'll just jump right into it. So um, this is First Timothy two from the Dwell app, and we'll be right back. First of all, then I urge that supplications prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desired then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold, 
or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. All right, you guys, that was First Timothy 2 from the Dwell app. Rosie reading to us today. Um, so uh, anyway, I wanted to get to Michael because I know that I texted him about like, okay, this is the chapter we'll be on next week because we try to communicate so we can do a little bit of study and be on the same page literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah. before we come in here for the podcast. And um, he was like, oh, great. <laughs> That's that chapter. Yep. So, um, Michael, what do you want to get into first? Well, let's, let's tackle <laughs> that first, right? Yes. So, all right. So, we all just listened to the scripture, right? We all just heard it, and, and, and this does not look so good for women, right? And I, I don't want to convince our listeners of one way to look at this or another. Yeah. Right. What I'd like to do is just kind of provide the context so you can kind of figure this out because look, faith is is a is a relationship between you and God, right? Yes. You have to you know, Paul says work out your your salvation with fear and trembling. Like you have to work these things out between you and God. You can't just trust me. You can't, you know, so let's work these things out. So when we talk about context, I talked about these women Here's what was happening. We had some rich women mm -hmm. that thought that they were important because they were rich, mm -hmm. right? And so what these rich women would do, some of them started teaching, and some of these were probably, not definitely, but probably some of these false teachers that we, we read about in chapter one, right. okay? Yeah. And so... And not false teachers because they're women, but false teachers because yes, they, right. were, in they were usurping and mimicking the false teachings of the men that were leading the church. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, and so you have other situations. Some of these things we're sure of, some of these things we're not sure of, but um, men and women may have been talking across you know, the aisles or next to each other or however they're seated um, while someone's trying to present. So imagine this. This is the day before mics, right, before sound systems. Yeah. And so you have people talking. So you have rich women trying to preach and they're, and they're teaching the wrong things. You have maybe some poor women who are asking their husbands, hey, Bob, what does this mean? And, and meanwhile, there are people trying to preach and it's chaos, right? Mm -hmm. This is bad. Okay? I, love that, I love that there were Bobs back in the time yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Bob. Hey, Bob. Well, you know, that, that's, that's the, the new international Mike Miller version. But, but look, so, so we have this, this problem that Paul's trying to tackle. And so what he tells these women, and by the way, we see like the braided hair and, and all this stuff. This is not saying like you can't braid your hair. Don't look at the line. Look at the context. Yeah. These were rich women that were showing off their wealth in church. Yeah. It said that they were, uh, they were treating church like a fashion show. They were yes. using it as a social opportunity to show off their wealth and that, that was distracting and also just not humble. And, and making other people who didn't have that wealth and that ability feel less than. And he's just saying, hey, let's not do that. You know, let, let's keep this about the right thing and not about the wrong things. Yeah, so, so 
something that I think we can take from this, regardless of, of what you th- what you want to do with women, right? Regardless of what you want to do with it, <laughs> is that we should probably not make each other feel uncomfortable by the way we dress at church. No. Yeah. And another thing is we should probably have some kind of order in church. I think a good example, I might step on toes here, but a good example, there are distractions in the church here, mm-hmm. most likely as part of this, this context, part of this scenario. Let's say that you are like every one of us and you have a cell phone, right? Maybe, and, I, and I'm, I'm the worst you know, at this, so I'm pointing my fingers <laughs> at myself because Brent knows like every time we have a staff meeting, my phone happens during, I'm like, daggone it. <laughs> Maybe it's a good idea in church to silence your cell phone. That way, your your phone's not going off, ding, 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 and whatever ringtone you have, you know, in church. Like, maybe we should minimize distractions so we can actually off-focus on what's being said so we can maybe, I don't know, learn something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's a, a good example. Like, we shouldn't, women needed to be silent instead of you know, murmuring with each other. Yeah. And also, these women that had money that wanted to teach, we shouldn't listen to people just because of their social status. Right. So, Oh, right, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. We can, and we will, we can look at, at, at different ways to apply this, but I think that context needs to be set up, that just because you're rich does not mean that your voice is important. How often do we listen to celebrities mm-hmm. just because they're celebrities, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the less I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so... Uh, and, and also, we, we need to keep our distractions to a minimum at church. With that women thing, I think those are two things we could probably all agree on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, I took some snapshots from the Bible Project as I was listening to it because they have the, as we've talked about before, they have the animation on the screen. So yeah. they kind of, it really helps you follow what's going on. But um, where it was saying, like Paul was saying for them not to teach, um, it was saying three different ways that people took that. Mm-hmm. And it says one is that women should never lead or teach uh, men in any church. Other, another vo- viewpoint is that he was saying women shouldn't lead, but with education they can teach. And three was these Ephesian women shouldn't lead because they've been deceived. So, and he go, went on to say, no matter what of those three things that you believe, what Paul was saying is that they should be instructed, these women, these same women, should be instructed under Timothy's leadership while he's there, basically to get their theology and what they're teaching people back to the gospel and back to what they should actually be learning so that they can become like other women teachers from other areas that Paul had been who are great teachers within the church, which goes to show you that he doesn't have a problem with women teaching, um, like Phoebe and Junia and Priscilla. Right. So... um, that maybe just helps clarify that a little bit. Or I think it's funny. Jesus himself, you remember, he meets this adulterous woman at the well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm stepping too too deep into it, but he meets this, <laughs> this woman well. at the well. And what does he tell her to do? Like, like, like they, he meets her. They have this, this conversation about how he's like the living water. And, and, you know, he talks about how many husbands she's had and all these things. And then he goes and tells her to go tell people. Yeah. Like he commands her, to go talk about it. Go, go forth and sin no more, go and go tell it. everybody. Yeah, go yeah. preach it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an interesting, you know, thing that that Jesus tells women go go share the gospel. <laughs> right. And if nobody, if no women are supposed to teach about the gospel, why would Jesus do that? And why would Paul have other women that he holds in high regard as right. high preachers of the gospel 
in other places and then come here and tell them no women should ever teach anything. It's, you know, yeah, it's I counterintuitive. Feel, I feel it's kind of like the he was speaking about those women. Yeah. And I think people take it to where, well, he, he wants women to not teach at all, you know, it, and that's not it. It's just the, the, the way they were teaching was not was not the right way. He wanted to get back to where, you know, they, they were they were teaching the good of 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 Christ and and evidently they was not doing that. Yeah, and and I mean, as we always say on this this podcast, context is key. Oh yes. Um because if you do read this, if you just open up this this chapter oh, wow. and you read it, it basically says women should just sit down and be quiet. That's exactly what it says. Let the men do everything. <laughs> yes. Women should dress as humble as they possibly can. They should not do anything to try to look good. Um and, and it just it looks really really bad. For yeah, the church. It does. If you take it without context, which is why we're unpacking it so much today and trying to touch on it. I thought it was funny, too. At the beginning, Michael, you said, um, now we've gone through, we just listened to the chapter, and it doesn't look good for women. And I was actually thinking, <laughs> depending on your perspective, it doesn't right. look good for men. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So it just, it, context is absolutely key to understanding. And this is deep context. This isn't just like the chapter before. This is... All of Christianity, all yes. of Jesus' teachings, all of Paul's Everything. teachings. Yeah, yeah. And I was mentioning before, and Mark and I were talking about this before too, that like <laughs> Jesus spoke Aramaic, mm-hmm. and then it was mostly translated into Greek, and then we get it translated into English. I mean, there is so much work to do to oh. understand some of these things. That I, I also think that we need to be forgiving of each other because yes. we're not, it's hard to get it all right. You know, like absolutely. I don't think Jesus. I don't think what God wants from us is make sure you get it all right. No. I think what God wants is relationship. Exactly. I agree 100%. I think he wants relationship. And one thing that we've talked about a lot on here that I've kind of understood for the last few years in my life is that Jesus' message almost all the time needs to be distilled down to the simplest form. Love one another. Yes. You know? And, And what is part of loving one another? not judging one another for saying one wrong thing or anything like that. You know, no. the, I think that Jesus's effect, uh, Jesus's message is, is most effective when it's distilled down to Jesus and his, his biggest commandment. And yeah. we just love one another. We accept Jesus as our savior and then we go love the world and we let them see him through us by how we act and, and who we are and how we love people. Yeah. If we can do that, the whole world's going to change. I, I agree. But yeah, we that, get so many people that jump in and want to be the judge and oh, the jury yes. and the executioner at times. Yep. That's where the trouble comes from, I think. So, yeah. and, and kind of getting into that because that's getting a little bit more into um, maybe the like political realm of things because that can be applied very much to how people are when it comes to that. But I love at the very beginning of the, the chapter here that um, how does, it starts off, doesn't it, about praying for your leaders? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get to it, and I was talking, and I couldn't get there fast enough. But um, let me see here. Boom, I'm there. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I, I thought about that for we have so much divide, and I don't want to take this into politics today a lot, but we have so much divide between left and right and whatever in this country right now. Yeah. 
even in the world, but especially in this country right now that we yeah. see because we're living yeah. here. But um, I I was not a big fan of a lot of stuff that Barack Obama did as president, but I prayed for him. Yes, and I sure. didn't pray for him. This is the important part. <laughs> I didn't pray for him and say, God, make him see the way that I see it. Right. Because I don't know if I'm right. Yeah. I think that my beliefs are right, but there are a billion different types of beliefs out there. So who am I to say that I'm right with all certainty? What I did pray was that Barack Obama would know God, and I don't know if he did or not, but that he would know God and that God would move in his life and that God's will would be done through Barack Obama as president. And I pray the same thing for Donald Trump. I'm not a huge Donald Trump fan either, but I pray for our leaders, and I don't pray my agenda on our leaders, and I think that's a really important thing to do. Don't pray your agenda on leaders. Pray for God's agenda to be worked through these leaders and pray for them in general that they stay healthy Mm -hmm. and that they continue to work because God, no matter who's there, in some way or another, God has appointed them to be there. And it's our job just to pray for them. Uh, uh, Recently, from the pulpit, Pastor Phil spoke about that. He said, we need to pray for our leaders no matter who it is um, because they're leading this country. And if we're not praying for them, we're not supporting them in the best way that we can to lead our country to where God wants our country to go. And the challenge with that is how we hear it. Yeah. So a liberal hears that and says, see that, I don't know how you say AOC, but whatever. Oh, Alexandria. uh, Yeah. Something Cortez. Ocasio. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. Like, you know, AOC. We'll just leave it (laughs) there. Like, a liberal says, "See, you you conservatives, you should be praying for AOC. You should you should you know support her." Yeah. And then and then a conservative says, "See, you liberals, you need to support. There's no more of this not my president stuff." You know, and and I think as Christians, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I hope that they're all successful because yeah. if they're successful, I'm successful. And and to make things broader, mm-hmm. it's not just about America being successful. Like, God has children. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> But he has children all over the planet. What? And and he and he wants other countries to do well too. Yeah. So I mean, not just a matter of praying for our leaders, like world leaders. Yeah. And not even that that you have to know them all by name, but just a matter of like, you know, you know, pray for peace. Yeah. You know, pray for our, our planet and play for our and pray for our country, you yeah. know. But I but I what I'm trying to say is I think sometimes we hear this. And we want to point at others yeah. that see you people should pray for my leader. Right. And instead of taking it, and I think we do this with the Bible in general, we like to look at it and say, see, you should listen to what this says. For example, guys will read this. You women should listen to this. Exactly. Right. Instead of thinking, how does this apply Way to, to bring me? it back, Michael. <laughs> that was good. I like that. But I, I, that's what I think we need to do is we need to look, read the Bible and try to see what God is speaking to us. Yeah. Not necessarily what God is speaking to someone else. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, th- oh, go ahead. Well, I, I think I think people are so divided that, and look, just because you don't agree with Donald Trump doesn't mean you don't pray for the man. Right. Right. I mean, and and there's people, I'm, and I'm sure there's people out there that don't pray that Donald Trump would do the right. You know what I mean? There's people right. that, and you, but you have to because he needs. He needs prayers just as much as I need prayers or you guys need prayers. I mean, I agree, but you can't, it's something else I want to touch on when he mentioned about the celebrities, um, you know, people listening to the celebrities and stuff, 
you know, sometimes, sometimes they use that in, in a, in a wrong way, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to politics, because look, I, I don't pay attention to really pretty much what any celebrity says. Yeah. Especially when it comes to politics, because yeah. I think they're using, oh, yeah. I think they're using that platform just to get their own personal agenda across. Yes. Um, but yeah, but yeah, we have to get, we have to pray for our lead. I mean, our leaders, even the leaders in other countries, mm-hmm. I mean, they're God's children. We, I mean, we have to pray for them. We yeah. have to love them. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing is I don't think God has a favorite country in this world. No, I think he <laughs> no. loves individuals. We talk about <laughs> Brady loves America. <laughs> he does, but he loves everybody. But, uh, every single human being is his child. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, whether they know him or not, whether they want to know him or not. So I think more than countries, he just wants all of his children for the best for them, and he wants to know them. Mm-hmm. He wants them to know him. And if every individual in this world is doing well, then the world's going to do well, yeah. right? So take out the lines of, you know, and I'm not a proponent of like, let's get rid of all the borders in the world, but... Take right. out the lines of, of countries and just look at us as his children, all of us. Yeah. If you can operate out, out of that perspective, it'll change your heart a lot in political conversations and mm-hmm. talking to people who aren't from your country or your area. Um, it, it like evens things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It smooths everything out and makes you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Wouldn't that be yeah. awesome? This is what God was talking about. You yeah. know, This is good because we've talked a little bit about their context of the Ephesians and, and of Timothy and of Paul. And, and we've, we've talked about our context and we've tried to apply some of this to our context. Mm-hmm. And this is like cultural and historical context. Yeah. But another context that is important to look, look at in scripture is literary context. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is just a short version is looking at like what's before and what's after the specific verses and chapters that you're looking at. So what I think is interesting that applies to what we're talking about with like the not my president kind of, kind yeah. of idea mm-hmm. is if you look <laughs> at the, the verses immediately preceding where he says, first of all, then, you know, pray for people when he's talking about leaders in chapter one, it says this, I had charge and trust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, uh, that by them, you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and having a good conscience by rejecting this, rejecting what these false prophets are teaching, mm-hmm. right? Some have made a shipwreck of their faith. That's a pretty strong statement, yeah. right? Among whom, and he names people that I can't, Hymnaeus and, and Alexander, um, who mm-hmm. I have handed over to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Yeah. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So, like, if we look at that context, he's talking about some dudes that were preaching some really bad stuff that he is really upset about to the, to the point where, where Paul, you know, gets Pauline here. And he's like, <laughs> man, I handed those jokers over to Satan, you know? So, he's talking about these dudes, and, and, and he says, pray for them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. even if you are the, the if you hate Pick your your least favorite politician, yeah. and you just to the bones of your body, like you just cannot stand the tone of their voice. Just like how Paul wanted to hand people over to Satan, mm-hmm. pray for them. Yeah, and yeah. and and like I touched on before, so if you if you hate somebody that much, you've made them your enemy. 
You have. And we are instructed to pray for our enemies. Yes. Love your enemies. Yes. Yep. That's rough. Yep. But oh, it's I, but very I rough. think but I think if you look at it in that context that I was saying about we're all God's children. Mm-hmm. Even if they hate you, it makes it easier for you to love them because you realize, wait a minute, you're my brother. Right. You know? You you might want your ideology might literally make you want to kill me right now. But you're my brother, and Jesus wants me to love you and hope that his light will be seen through me loving you. And and take that to the extreme, yeah. to the fact where you might end up killing me and me doing it. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm called to do. You know, like, that's the extreme, like, wow. You know, that's I, really, that's dying <laughs> to yourself. I got is. an example of that. Um, this was years ago. Um, but I was, you know, a chaplain assistant in the Army. And I was at a pretty high-level position, and uh, I got a chance to go to Washington, D.C. for a conference. And, uh, and Nancy Pelosi shows mm-hmm. up. Now, we're talking about military chaplains. What party do you think most of these guys are, okay? Yeah. Military chaplains. Most of these guys are very <laughs> conservative. So, like, she she decides to, to just kind of show up unannounced, you know, to our to our our thing, she heard that we were in town. That probably sounded like a good place to kind of like make a presence with people that disagree with you, but like make a good presence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as a smart politician, she t- she does this, and so with all of the enemies in the room, something just amazing happened. She came and she spoke to us. She all the glittering generalities that that people do. Sure. In a Major General Chaplain uh, Douglas Carver, I think it was his name at the time. I think that's who it was. Might have been a different one. Anyway, uh, one of our, one of our chaplains um, said, "Ma'am, can we pray for you?" Mm-hmm. And she was shocked. As I mean, she looked like as if no one has ever asked to pray for her in her life, which is sad. It, it is. <laughs> but but I'll tell you what, he led this prayer, and it wasn't like this condescending thing. It wasn't this judgmental thing. Like he prayed about her family, mm-hmm. like, and he, I mean, he poured out his heart to God, praying not against her, but praying for her. He, he loved her in that prayer. And, and, and all of us that were praying for, I mean, when you listen to someone pray, you kind of get on, on board with what's going on. Right. Yeah. And, and you should have seen, you should have seen like the look at her face when, when, when we were done. There was something like beautiful that happened because her enemy loved her. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't know what happened from there. I don't know, but I do think it's a beautiful thing to love your enemies. Yeah, because I guarantee you that stuck with her. Absolutely, and I hear so many people, myself included, at times saying, "Like, man, the rift in this country right now is we're so divided. Oh, so much. How yeah. do we fix that?" So Both sides start loving the other side again and coming together and not talking politics, but having relationship with one another and not wanting to kill each other because they believe something <laughs> yeah. different. That's how we heal this divide. I mean, it's honestly, the, the biggest way that we heal this divide is just God and God choosing for mm-hmm. it to be done. But we as his people, as his church moving and starting to do this. Um, and I believe that, that the fact that we just continue to take God more and more out of society is part of the reason that things are getting the way they are because people don't have the instruction of God to love one another anymore right. in, in their lives a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we can, as believers and as the body of Christ, can move and show people this, not even tell them. You can tell people stuff to your blue in the face. It's like banging your head against the wall. It's not right. going to get through unless no. unless it's ordained that their scales be taken off their eyes. But um, 
for us to show it, Great for us to model to it. About Paul, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for us to model it, and for us to be those peculiar people, mm-hmm. that there's something different about us, then it makes people wake up, and it makes them realize that it's Jesus that's yeah. different. Right. And draws them to him. That's that's our commission. That's our great commission. So, because yeah, we have people. I mean, there's people that want. I mean, that are killing other people because we're it's so divided. And I mean, it, it's awful. I mean, the, right now in this country, it's. I mean, the division is just. We've got to get back to. Loving one another, and praying for each other, and because if not, I mean, it, it's not going to get better. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to get worse. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, as believers, that's what we're, that's what we're taught to believe anyway, right? Like, yeah, it's, well, yeah. it's only going to get worse until Jesus comes back. But I will say, like, you know, and I, I'm not um, putting that down in any way, but um, saying, like, uh, I think some of the greatest things that have ever happened in this world and in this country have been when great awakenings have happened. Things have seemed dire, things have seemed crazy, yeah. and then God moves powerfully through his yeah. people. and. One thing that if you're listening to this that I would just ask you to start praying for every single day is for another great awakening to happen in this country. Oh yeah. Because I think it that's can what we get need. better. It can get better. It and if can get and better. if there's a great awakening, if the if if God ordains that it will happen and we move and we are obedient as his as his people, there can be a third great awakening that can mm-hmm. happen in this country and how glorious to be a part of that to be the people with our feet on the ground right. helping to make that happen. Like that's one of my biggest prayers is that that our church and that our worship team can be a part of something like that that we will work towards that whether it happens or not, but a prayer that that will mm-hmm. happen in this country again. Um cuz if not it's going to take what another September 11th to bring us together. Oh, I hope yeah. not. You know, and I I'd, I'd rather have a great awakening than a than I a great agree. tragedy. So Anyway, <laughs> yeah. is there anything else you guys wanted to get to before we wrap up today? No. You know what? Uh, we, we, we pick on Brent sometimes about, <laughs> about how he closes, but I, I think, especially with this podcast today, I think, listen to that. No pressure, Brent. <laughs> but how he challenges us to love each other and to be like, to be Jesus, you yes. know, to, to others. I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. I think that's kind of something we've hit that today that like, you know what? Love your enemies. Be Jesus to each other. It's all know? about love. Yeah, it's, I mean it is. It's all. It I mean, is. I know, and it, it it's been made to be such a cheesy thing to say. Oh, it is. You know, so cliche. Oh, just love one another. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, like when when I talk to Sean, which is another one of the the worship leaders here. Yeah. Um, whenever I whenever we you know text each other on the phone, you know, I say I love you, brother. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, some people will see it. And be like, did you just tell him you love him? Right. I'm like, well, yeah. You know, he. He's your brother. He's my brother. Yeah. You know, because I have friends that you know that you know that I try I try I'm trying to get into church and they see him there and they're like, did you just tell that guy you love him? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it because is I because I do don't get it. Yeah. It is very awkward, but that's the that I think that's the key to it, it, love and prayer. Yeah. That's it. And, and loving one another doesn't necessarily mean like you know, forget everything else. Right. But as I was saying earlier, the thing that I've found to be the most true out of anything with the gospel is the gospel itself. Mm -hmm. Like distill it all down to Jesus. Yeah. If you're questioning anything, take it all back to Jesus. Right. And the red letters, the red words in the Bible and see what Jesus had to say about it. Yeah. 
Paul does that in almost every book, including yeah, this one. Absolutely. When when he tackles all these issues, he goes right back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and if there's not a clear cut answer, the answer is to love them. Yep. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> so so there you go. So anyway, I'll pray and wrap us up today. Um, and then we will close up. So, uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time with my brothers today. Um, we continue to ask you to bless Daniel and Lainey and their children while they're on vacation, um, and just let them have a glorious time with their family there, God. Let them commune with you, um, and just bless them in their travels and keep your hand of protection over them. Um, Father, we thank you for Mark being able to join us today, um, and we just thank you for this opportunity to be here together. Uh, just ask that um, as people listen to this podcast and as we ourselves go out into the world uh, this next week, God, help us to just remember who you are and remember what you've commissioned us to do and to love one another. Um, God, I do pray for um, a great awakening to happen in this country, and I will continue to pray for that because um, I want to see your people come to know you, Father. We want to see your children come to realize that they are your children and to come to realize the love and the intimate relationship and the worship and the amazing things that are all encompassed in knowing who you are and that intimate relationship with you can only happen by coming to know you and letting those walls and barriers break down in our lives. And then we will come together as your people because we will understand that we are brothers and sisters, all of us in your kingdom family, and that you have blessed us with great authority and great blessings because of us being your children and because you want to shower these things upon us and you've given us the ability to do amazing things through you and through your great and holy name. And God, we just thank you. We thank you so much. And we just ask that love would continue to spread out of your people and that the world will see your people as bright lights that are shining into this world. And the fact that they will see that that light is actually you and we are just the vessels for it, God and that that will change their hearts and bring them to you in a powerful way and change their lives so that they can go out and be the feet and the hands of your kingdom and change other people's lives as well. So, Father, we thank you, and we give you all the glory, and we lift you up, and in your name we pray and say amen. Amen. All right. Guys, well, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. We will be back next Tuesday, as always, with another book. Uh, Daniel should be back with us then. Um, and Mark, just once again, wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you. And, and guys, just so you know, we talked to Mark a little bit. Um, he's available through the week sometimes, so he might come in and join us from time to time. So you'll probably be hearing a little bit more of him. So until next week, when we catch up again and we get into another chapter... As Michael said, and as I always say, go be Jesus to one another. Let your love light shine, and we'll see you next week.